I'm Nick Law, and you're listening to the Hot Forward Podcast, getting you ahead in the brewing and beer business. With interviews, discussions, stories, and advice from a range of brewers and craft beer professionals, the Hot Forward Podcast is here to help you and your beer business hot rocket your way to success. Visit our website at hotforward.beer to find out more. Grab yourself a beer as we crack open another fresh episode of the Hot Forward Podcast. Hello, Hopheads, and welcome to another sesh on the Hot Forward Podcast. The United Kingdom has one of the highest beer taxation rates in all of Europe, and until recently, it has been a reasonably well-oiled system, though not without its faults, designed to encourage brewers to grow by utilising the Small Brewers Relief, or SBR for short, allowing brewers under a certain hectolitrage to receive a 50% discount on beers produced. Over the last five years, the UK government have been in consultation with a variety of brewers and organisations, the Society of Independent Brewers Association, CBA, being one of them, to discuss how this system should be changed. You may remember back in July 2020, while brewers were struggling in the immediate aftermath of the first national lockdown, various family brewers, including Timothy Taylor's, Hogsback Brewery and Harvey's, issuing statements in support of the proposed changes, defending their positions and challenging those who were calling for boycotts of their popular brands. One of the aforementioned breweries argued that the steep increase in beer duty beyond this level appears to discourage growth and development, while Tim Dewey from Timothy Taylor's came on the Hot 4 podcast to present his argument that cask ale as a category was being devalued by SBR. You can go back to episodes 91 and 92 to hear both sides of the argument as it stood back then. Still, in a world dominated by news cycles and doom scrolling, life went on and so did HMRC's intent to reform the alcohol taxation system here in the UK. Although the government outlined the changes as far back as the autumn budget in 2021, it's taken HMRC until recently, within a month before the changes are due to go live, to provide any resources and support for how the system will work. As you can imagine, many brewers, myself included, are still fudging their way through the complex details of what this means for them and how it will impact their beer production. This week, I met with Sieber's Barry Watts, Head of Policy and Public Affairs, to discuss and make sense of the information surrounding the reforms and various reliefs. Duties will work on a cash discount basis rather than a bulk percentage basis and depend very much on the volumes of pure alcohol, what the alcohol by volume percentages that make up that total volume are, and how much is being packaged and into what, and a variety of other complex rules and regulations that you'll need to get your head around. As you can tell from listening to this episode already, not everything is all that clear cut. If you're approaching this episode for the first time or still working through the finer details, I suggest you do several things, links for which will appear in the show notes. Firstly, read the official guidance HMRC have published on their website. Secondly, CBA have information and tools available for their members so you can see the changes with actual real numbers on a handy calculator. 
Thirdly, visit Steve Dunkley's website at beernouveau.co.uk as he has put in many hours of time and energy to explain the new system and various reliefs in a way that is easy to understand with some great examples. And finally, stay tuned as we'll be back after this short message to ask our own questions and to discuss the forthcoming changes to alcohol duties here in the UK with Barry Watts from SIBA. If you like the Hot Forward podcast, then follow us on all the socials at Hot Forward Beers. Subscribe to the show and leave us a review on iTunes and Spotify and all of the good podcasting platforms. And visit our website, hotforward.beer, to connect with us and find out how we can help you get ahead in the brewing and beer business with branding, creative media and business consultancy for breweries, bars, bottle shops and supply chain businesses. For now... Grab a beer and let's crack open today's discussion. This week on the podcast, I'm joined by Barry Watts, Head of Policy and Public Affairs at SEBA, to discuss everything you need to know about beer duty reforms coming in the UK. Hello. Hi, good morning. How are you doing, Nick? Yes, and, and yourself. I think you've been on this show like, what, three or four times now? I think this is my third time. Is it your third time? Yeah, always a pleasure. Yeah, so uh, yeah, thanks for coming on again. So obviously the discussion we're going to have today impacts brewers and producers of alcoholic beverages in the United Kingdom. But before we go there, for our international listeners, before we dig down into those details, can you explain how our beer tax system has worked and at the time of recording is currently working for another week or so before we look at how it's going to work. Sure, very very happy to. So at, at the moment we have, uh, you know, an alcohol uh, duty system that is quite confusing. It taxes different products in different ways. And what we're going to talk about now and the changes is the government are trying to simplify it. So tax everything uh, on the same basis and also take those different categories. So at the moment, there's like 15 different bands and put them into six bands that apply across different products. So they're trying to simplify it. So at the moment, we have quite a complicated system and we're going to have a bit more of a simplified system at its core uh, with um, some extra additional complexities. But from, from a brewer's perspective, you know, we have the Small Brewers Relief Scheme that's operated for just over 20 years now. And that gives small breweries 50% discount up to 5,000 hectolitres of beer. And that means they can, you know, you have to pay 50% to the, to the government and they can use that money to invest in their businesses and to grow them and compete against the, the global breweries that, that dominate the beer scene in the UK, um, very similar to, to elsewhere. Uh, but we do have one of the highest GT rates, beer GT rates, alcohol GT rates in Europe. Um, we pay significantly more than, say, say Germany. We only pay 5p, we pay about 54p. So anything that reduces that burden for, for small breweries and others, and we're going to talk about the draft GT relief that will provide a discount for beer that's sold into pubs, which uh, at its core, you know, is a fundamental principle, I think is a really positive thing, but we'll get to talk about that in a second. Right. So we've been discussing this for quite a long time now, even even me and you, uh, rather yes. than we as a whole industry, and felt like a long time coming from having those conversations about the reforms when it was first pushed forward and went out for consultation. There was a lot of backlash against breweries out there like Timothy Taylor's, for example, um, when they waded into the discussion saying that actually they were in favour of it because it would help and benefit cask producing breweries like they are. How have you seen it change from that initial consultation 
period through to what's actually being put forward now and is going to take place? It has been a long time. So this process started in 2018. So we've been working on this for five years. You and I spoke about it on numerous occasions. And just to give you a perspective, I think we've gone through about nine exchequer secretaries. That's the minister responsible for this taxation. We've gone through six <laughs> chances exchequer and we've gone for four prime ministers. So it just gives you an indication of the amount of work and lobbying and engagement we've had to have with different people to bring them up to speed and get them to understand what those changes mean for us and the industry. You know, we have gone through a lot of consultation, a lot of detailed conversation and discussion across the whole of the industry over a number of years to get to this point. And there's been a lot of changes, but this really brings all of those changes together in a whole new system. Um, that's going to take a long time for people to get their heads around. There is a lot of complexities to it, but there are some kind of beneficial bits as well that we'll talk about, I'm sure. Great. Well, without further ado, how is it going to work now? I mean, how I see it is that at its core, there's that new simplified system where they're taking those 15 different bands, putting it into six new bands. But then there's some complicated three reliefs that some brewers and others need to be aware of that you kind of add on to that core. I was thinking, you know, it's kind of like buying a kitchen in a way. Nick, you bought a kitchen, haven't you? Oh, like, don't you... remind me. <laughs> <laughs> That's good, good, well remembered. It's literally, literally about a year to the day and we're still like shaking. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do remember it, right? So I love bringing back uh, those, uh, those distant memories. <laughs> Not sure I do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, you get drawn in by those deals, you know, as simple, it's... Buying a kitchen, that seems quite easy. They're all cupboards at the end of the day. You know, they're all functioning. They all have a sink. But then you go in, you sit down, you've got to design it. You've got to think about your colours, your handles, whether you have a dishwasher, et cetera. And it gets complicated. And at the end of it, you're not quite sure if you're actually better off and getting a deal uh, or not. Right. Well, I, I feel like this is, is a bit like that, that it affects everyone in different ways. And that's that's really the one of the core messages from this, that, that it's now quite personalised to your business, your brewery, um, and about how much beer you're making and how strong it is. So we've got this very, you know, more simplified structure. The changes to the structure, I think, are just worth just thinking about. So there's kind of three changes to that overall structure that are key to small breweries. And one is the change at the lower rate. So at the moment, there's a there's a lower rate up to 2.9% ABV, and that's increasing up to just under 3.5 to 3.4. And for the first time ever, small breweries relief under the new small producer relief is going to apply. So that means there's, there's a benefit there for small breweries that doesn't exist at the moment. One of the concerns that we've spoken about before, and uh, I know that small breweries have, is what the impact of that lower rate is going to have. We're already seeing quite a few of the large guys thinking about and starting to reduce their ABV. We had one only in the last week or so. Well, I was going to bring this up because one of yeah. the primary aims of the government with these reforms is to raise awareness of alcohol abuse and encourage a healthier lifestyle. And as, and as you've said and alluded to there, I, I've heard reports from various landlords on Facebook groups saying that a certain macro brewery has announced it's reducing the ABV of their flagship lager from 38 to 3.4%, which is going to create around an annual saving of £15.5 million. So do you think moves like that are actually going to help the government achieve its objective? Well, the government set out five objectives, and one of them, as you just said there, Nick, is actually support their public health objective. So they want to encourage the production and consumption of lower ABV strength products. And I think this is really going to help them to achieve that. 
And one of our concerns that we raise with them is that it could mean the Treasury lose out in significant amounts of GT. You know, you just given us a figure of about 15 million for just one. If many others do the same, that could start getting into the hundreds of millions. And what does that mean for, for government revenues, you know? Think about the number of nurses and hospitals mm. that could be could be reduced or we could pay people more money. So, you know, that has an impact on government revenues as well. Maybe they should change the slogan then, because obviously we'll come on to this in a little bit about the higher alcohol tax duty, but maybe they should change the slogan to Drink Imperial Stout to help out. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that in a second. We'll <laughs> I couldn't resist. <laughs> Sorry, do, do continue, Barry. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, so the, the other, you know, issue that we're quite concerned about is what is those globals going to do with those savings? They're going to invest it into growing their market share. And can small breweries be able to compete in that section of the market? Especially, and we'll touch on it in a minute, is that their relief is no longer on a percentage basis. It's, it's going to be on a cash basis. So that means they don't get 50% of that reduction at that lower level. They get a portion depending on on their size and, and how much and how strong their beer is. So they're not going to get the same kind of savings as a, as a global brewery. So there's a bit of concern about what that impact is going to have. And that's going to be one to watch. I think the breweries I speak to, you know, some of them see that, that as uh, an opportunity, opportunity to use those savings to grow. And they're just seeing where the market is. You know, are people going to notice when a global or anyone reduces their ABV from, say, 3.6, 3.7, 3.8 to 3.4, are people going to notice, is that going to change consumers' tastes at the bar? We'll, we'll have to wait and see. It's one really one, interesting one to watch. You know, one thing that's really important out of all of this is the government have said they want to review it in three years' time. And so we've got to make sure that we address any any issues that are arising uh, as they come up under this new system. That low rate is really a key, key change. And you're right, you just talked about the change of the higher rate. So at the moment, there's a higher rate above 7.5%. They're changing it, they're increasing up to 8.5%. And small breweries, again, get full relief. Uh, they get relief up to 85 now. But above 8.5%, you're paying the full whack of GT. So there is no discount for small breweries. At the moment, they get you know relief on the general rate of GT above 7.5%. None of that applies. So that will have a significant impact on your Imperial Stout's strong double IPAs that are going to be much more expensive. And we're going to have to wait and see what the impact of that is. I think some people might decide that that price point is, is too difficult for, for consumers, too high for consumers. And maybe we see a reduction in some of those imperial stouts. We're going to have to wait and see. I mean, just to give an example, you know, a 10% cask of imperial stout probably going to go up by about £53 just right. in the duty. Wow. Which is significant. I mean, I don't see a lot of imperial stouts in cask, but just to give you an example, so that's that's a big increase. Yeah. I wonder what will happen then to certain breweries that more or less only exclusively make those big hitter beers. I, I don't want to name names, but I can think of one not a million miles away from yeah. where I live that brew those. Like, what what... How do you think it's going to affect brewers like that? Have you had any of those conversations with brewers who are focusing on those? Well, I think it has a secondary impact beers? as well because the way we'll talk about this in a minute, but how the new small producers really work is that if you produce more stronger beers, then actually you end up paying the following year a much higher rate of duty on everything you produce. So there's a disincentive to produce those higher strength beers. So that's now got to be part of the thinking for anyone planning out what they're going to make in the future. It depends. I mean, I, I drink a lot of uh, Chubbles, for example. I, I love, I don't know if you've had that before, but I mean, there's, there's a range of five that come out, four or five now that come out every year. Brilliant beers, all over 10%, obviously. You only share them with your friends, not drinking a whole can yourself. And mm. they're, 
exceptionally really interesting triple IPAs. But are they going to continue making those those strong beers? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Right. So I am right in thinking that this taxation, as you said, brings together the wine industry, the cider industry and other alcoholic beverages together. So I presume then, because obviously wine is a higher percentage, many cider is a higher percentage, obviously spirits are very, very, very high percentage, that the duty rates for those are going to increase. How does that work? Because obviously they've had their own taxation systems that I've never really looked into or got my head around. Well, so, so first of all, I mean, on cider, I think cider does particularly well out of all these changes. So they still pay a significantly lower rate of duty than beer, about 44%. Of that beer, that main rate of GT, they're going to keep the farm gate exemption. And hopefully, we'll talk about a bit more of that in a few minutes. So, that means that below a certain level, they don't have to pay any GT at all. And they're also going to gain from the two reliefs, the small producer relief and the draft GT relief. So, cider, you know, could do really well out of this. And I think others like made wines could also be really interesting, all below eight and a half percent. It affects people in different ways. I think those that really lose out are the wine spirits, guys, especially wine that aren't benefiting from those reliefs because their alcohol is, is above eight and a half percent. So like any change, there's always going to be winners and losers. If you ask me who's, who's losing out, it's the wine guys. And I think side are really one swatch. They're going to benefit significantly from these changes. Right. Let's just really dig into the cash-based system rather than the, the bulk ABV percentage system that we've got at the moment. Can you yeah. just break that down with some, you know, figures, whether you make them up or whatever, just to help the average brewery out there understand how it's going to change. If we talk about our, the first, I think it's, it's worth just drawing on the first relief, which is the draft GT relief yep. as well. So we've got our kind of our basic kitchen in, in this regard, you know, our, our covers. And now we're thinking about the uh, the colours and the handles and where our microwaves and stuff are going to go. So, you know, this is the draft GT relief. This is the first relief. So you get a 9.2% reduction in GT from those headline rates of GT for beer that you're placing into large containers of 20 litres or more. So the idea of this is to encourage people back to the pub, hopefully off their sofas, back to, onto their bar stools by having a, the ability to offer a lower rate of GT for beer that's sold into the pub trade. So I think this is really good principle and hopefully we can encourage the government to increase that differential over time. Now, unfortunately, the government decided in the budget to increase all GT levels by, by 10%. So that means that 9.2% reduction effectively means it's a freeze on draft beer. And the danger is that some of the rhetoric we've been hearing from the government is very much kind of indicating to consumers they're going to get some kind of discount, they're going to be some kind of savings on the 1st of August. And I'm afraid that's not necessarily going to be the case because overall GT is going up by 10% and it's only a freeze what's opened into to pubs. But I think as a principle, it's a really good beneficial thing. But there is one element of it that is causing a lot of confusion in the industry. Um, and a lot of concern. And that's the impact it has on, on takeaway bit. Yes, I was going to ask about this. Yeah. So obviously the government's really concerned that supermarkets or others are going to start selling a lot of growlers, crowlers, et cetera, and benefiting from that draft GT relief. And so they put in these mechanisms, which effectively puts a lot of restrictions on takeaway bit. If a pub wants to do takeaway bit, and this could be a couple of pints at the end of a car so it doesn't go to waste. Uh, it could be you want a couple of points to get to go to a, a restaurant, you know, close to, to the pub that doesn't have its own license. It's quite frequently that, you know, you will get a couple of growlers or crowlers or something, mm. right? If they want to do that, they have to buy a fully paid duty container from a brewery, not one that's had this draft duty relief 
applied to it. Right. So that, the onus is on Pub to do that. So they have to go request it. So that's the first thing they, they need to be aware of. The only people that can decant in uh, using HMRC's language are those that are registered producers, like a small brewery, or have a, a warehouse uh, license. So in a tap room, a brewery should be able to have a draft duty container, which they're serving for immediate consumption on the premises. And if they want to do some takeaway, they can then just make a record of that and pay the difference to HMRC. But a pub's not in that position to do so, so they're going to have to get hold of those fully paid duty containers. Just to clarify then, for anyone sure. listening, the draft duty still applies if you're selling beer in a tap room, but not um, not for takeaway. I mean, just like, you know, you've got your tap room yeah. open, people are drinking beer on site, you know, it's like, you know, you're not in a pub, you're in the yeah. tap room. <laughs> I am right yeah. thinking that, right? Yeah, okay. No, you're right, you're right. So the draft duty relief applies to any large container over 20 litres in size that's below 8.5% ABV that is designed to connect to a dispenser system. Right, I see. Yep. So if you're a brewery, you put it into your castings, your kegs, you set it in your tap room, that can have the draft duty relief applied. But if you're doing takeaway, you need to, if you're a pub, you need to have bought a fully paid duty container. Uh, if you're a tap, you need to make sure you're doing that kind of calculation. Of right. difference. So just for clarification, I mean, I do understand, but just for the benefit of anyone listening. So let's say there's a pub called The Green Giant and opposite, there's an Indian curry house. And I'm only saying this because I've had this experience myself. If yeah, yeah. The Green Giant wants to allow the patrons of the curry house across the road to buy any like cast beers to drink with their curry because the curry yeah. house isn't licensed. They have to buy yeah. in a, a specific dedicated container of, let's say it's a firkin, but that yeah. firkin is treated differently than a regular quote unquote firkin that is hooked up to the beer engines. Even though this particular firkin might be hooked up to a beer engine, but because it's for the sole purpose of drinking in a curry house across the street, no, no. So that's that, uh, right. Okay, so maybe I haven't. Not missed, maybe, right, but then, okay. So this is why I want. I need to understand it. It seems stuff like this seems really complicated. It's really complicated. It's really complicated. Unnecessarily so. So the, the way to look at it is that um, you know a container at Firkin can pay two different types of duty. It can benefit from the draft duty relief, so that lower rate of duty, or it can pay the full rate of duty that would apply to small packs like bottles and yep. cans. So brewery has that choice. It can apply either. Most of the time, it's going to apply the draft duty relief because that applies, and that's going to be absolutely fine. But if a pub wants to do takeaway beer, it has to have bought that one that has the fully paid duty on it. So the onus then is on the brewery rather than on the pub? No, it's on the pub. So the pub has to come to the brewery and say, I want one of those. The brewery has to make it clear on the invoice. What I mean by saying that the onus is on the brewery, rather than pub. It, it, the onus is on the brewery to say, like on their invoice or when they're communicating in the sales transaction, is this for draft or are you going to do any takeaway with this? Well, I think it's, it's the pub that has to come to the brewery and say, I want to do takeaway. So the assumption is that on the vast majority of cases, it's the draft duty relief. So uh, that's what will normally apply. And on the odd occasion where a pub wants to do takeaway beer, they have to request that from a brewery. So what happens then is, and you know this is going to happen, landlord of the green giant yes. buys a firkin on draft because it's cheaper, but then still does takeaway. And then HMRC get wind that this is happening. So who's to blame? The pub is liable. Right. And they could be fined and actually have their... Um, their equipment confiscated. But, you know, HYC have told me, because I've asked them what they're doing to prepare pubs, and they just said that they're not writing to 40,000 pubs, they're not, not informing them directly, but they are going to take a risk-based 
assessment to enforcement. Right. So it's going to take a while for everyone to get their heads around this. I mean, this, you know, is very is a problematic area. We've provided, as part of the consultations, alternative ways that HMRC could, could address this issue. And currently, they haven't accepted our, our ideas. So we're, we're kind of stuck with, with this new system on the 1st of August. But they have said that they are willing to accept and listen to any any new changes that could come in to make this work. So what, what are, if you don't mind me asking, what suggestions have you made? We made a couple of ideas based on an off-license. That might be one way they could go. Or... Um, you know, just allowing a little bit of flexibility on some of this, you know, because the majority of you just said is it's small volumes of beer. So it's very small, usually a couple of points at the end of a barrel, so it doesn't go to waste. But for some, for pubs, some pubs, it's a significant proportion of their business. So you've given a good example of the Green Giant and the Indian Takeaway or the Indian Restaurant, who doesn't have a license. And we much better to allow a system where those kind of relationships can continue Otherwise, the Indian restaurant has no alternative but to get its own license. Uh, and if all the Indian restaurants started doing that, well, that's an additional burden on HMRC and and the government and the hope office for um, for licensing as well and local authorities. Yeah. So you know, I'm sure the, there's a solution out there, and I think we'll just have to have to see how it goes in the next few months, and hopefully, we can come up with something that HMRC finds acceptable. Yep. Because I would imagine the people that are going to lose out the most on a system like this are your craft beer bottle shop micro pub type tap room places where there's a great collection of bottles and cans in the fridges they've got some draft lines but they sell crowlers and growlers as well absolutely and it does very so i know some bottle shops that specialize majority of what they sell is actually takeaway beer right so they're a little bit concerned very concerned about what this impact but others you right i've seen um crowler clubs where they're sent in the post every month, um, you know, how, how it's going to affect them. We'll have to wait and see if they'll be able to continue their, their service. It is a potentially large issue. So I know there are some small brewers out there, m- myself included, actually, who use 19-litre Cornelius kegs to sell to on-trade, which is obviously just being sold as a draft beer. Yeah. They're not going to get that kind of relief now, are they? They're not They're not going to uh, benefit from that relief because it's, it's containers of 20 litres or more. So it's the container itself and its capacity that is the determinant factor. Sad times. So yeah, I'm afraid you might have to trade up into um, some <laughs> some pins or something. Oh, yeah. Mm. Anyway, I'll, we, I'll, I'll put talk- that aside. <laughs> My own personal gripe <laughs> about 90 litre containers aside, but um, maybe, maybe a suggestion for HMRC <laughs> going forward. Um, yeah, look, what about small brewers relief? How does that look? Yeah, so well, small brewers relief is coming part of a wider small producers relief. So this is going to build on and extend SBR to other products, so cider, wine, made wine, spirits-based products below 8.5%. So just like the draft duty relief, small producers relief only applies below 8.5%. And when you're calculating your relief, it, it's now personalised. So that's how breweries and cider guys need to think about it, is that your relief is now dependent exactly on your own brewery. So it's not as simple as in the past where it's just been a 50% reduction from the headline rate of duty. So, you know, at the moment it's 1908, half of that is £9.54. Very, very simple for the majority of small breweries that are below the 5,000 hectolitre limit. So now you have to work out exactly what you're doing this up. And the first thing you need to do is understand is that the brewery year is changing. So 
at the moment, your relief is based on your total production from the previous year. And that's a calendar year, January to December. But now they're alternates to it. So it starts on the 1st of February to the 31st of January. And so one of the first things that small breweries need to do is recalculate their total production for that new year for the 1st of August. And they need to work out everything that they've produced from the 1st of February 2022 to 31st of January 2023. Why the the change on that? This is to standardise it. And part of that standardisation is for the government to only consider increases in duty on the 1st of February. So we're coming up to kind of the autumn statement this year. And at the moment, duty is supposed to go up by inflation on the 1st of February next year in 2024, unless he says anything differently in, in the autumn statement. And that's, you know, that's baked in into the system. Right. So that's quite good in a way in that we've got certainty, you know, changes are going to be made on the 1st of February every year and no one wants to see an increase. Obviously, we're going to be lobbying for that and, and changes to the draft GT relief as part of that autumn statement. But effectively, it gives us that certainty that that's what and, and allows us to plan ahead. So that's changing the 1st of February. So that's the one thing that breweries need to go away and, and think about to, to start with. And then the second thing they need to think about is it's no longer just the total production of your beer. It's across all different products. So if you're making some spirits, if you're making some wine, if you're making some cider, all of that volume counts to determine your relief for beer. So that does mean that, you know, if you're making some gin or vodka spirits, you are going to end up moving up the curve much more quickly. So you're going to pay a higher rate of GC on your beer, even though the spirits itself doesn't actually benefit from relief. Right, that's the, interesting to know. Because there's a brewery near me that also make a lot of gin. And the, obviously gin is quite a high margin product to be able to make. But I guess if you're factoring in that into your beer alcohol production, because it's just alcohol production now rather than beer, then that's going to significantly affect you. What about if for breweries out there that contracts their gin to be made by another distillery, but then they brand it under their own label, which a lot of breweries do. They just, do, they do yeah. How does that um, work? So it's the same relationship at the moment in small breweries. If you've got these connected parties, so, so those type of same things that, that exist under the new system. Obviously, that connected parties principle is there to prevent you or someone else opening up a series of small breweries and each of them benefiting, even though the total production across all of them is, is much more. And so it has that same relationship. So you just have to understand the relationship between you and guys that are doing contract. Right. But the system still allows contract. There's obviously a difference between contract brewing and contract manufacturing and under license as well. Right. So if there's a brewery out there that has a distillery as part of it, but are selling their products to maybe other breweries as, you know, white label products or rebranded or whatever, then they might potentially decide, actually, we're going to stop offering that service because that means we're making more gin and we're going to be a lot more liable for higher alcohol rates and duty. On their beer, yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. They're making spirits for others as a contract. Uh, you're right. So all of that spirits production, it counts towards their own total production and determine their beer rate, even though the spirits itself, the gin doesn't benefit from relief at all. So yeah, it's going to be part of the calculation now. Right. Yeah, I do know about a dozen, probably something like that, of breweries that have been infected by this, and they're all giving consideration to what they're going to do. You know, some have indicated they might give up brewing because of it uh, and focus on the spirits. So right, wow. We'll wait and see. But it's, yeah, there's another thing, obviously, we raised during the consultation and, and tried to get changed, but it's, it's in the system. So um, we'll have to... I deal with it on the 1st of August. Right. And then the next thing to think about is that um, relief at the moment based on total production. It's now not only just based on total production, 
it's also based on how strong your beer is. So it's in now in hectoliters of pure alcohol. So it depends on your weighted average ABV. So that means that, you know, if you're a brewery doing, producing lots of those more imperial stouts, you're going to move up that relief curve much more quickly and pay a higher rate of duty on your beer than someone that's doing lots of low uh, alcohol products. Right. So let me just get my head around that so I understand. So at the moment when you're filling in your beer duty sheet online and you're you're adding up the total literage of beer in hectolitres that you produced and then there's a calculation of the percentage of all those, by which I mean hectolitre percentage rather than like, which is obviously affected by the ABV percentage, but it's like you've got that, I can't remember the exact calculation in my well, they're head. Going to change, they're going to change the EX46 to take out of the new changes. So it's going to look slightly differently when you do your return in September. Right. I mean, you can look at your production account and, and that should be as it, because obviously you're recalculating it for the previous year. So you need to go through everything you'll produce. So you've done, you know, Nick's IPA at 6%. You did 1,000 hectolitres of that. So you just do 1,000 divided by 100 times the six and you get that into hectolitres of pure alcohol. And then you're going uh, Law's Pale Ale, 4%. You did 50 hex of that. And you carry on and then you add all that together to get your hectolitres of pure alcohol. Right. So st- and then then when you present that figure, they're like, hang on a minute, you're over the threshold. Well, no. So what you do is you, you need to wear that out. Yep. So that's for your previous year. So that's the first thing. And then what we need to do is we need to put that into a calculation. So there's a new calculation. And if you're a CBA member, there's a calculator available on our toolbox. And HMRC have also launched their own one as well. So you haven't seen it. You put those calculations into this new formula. And what they've done is they've set out a series of lookup tables. So there's eight different lookup tables for different strengths and different products. So there's one, for example, for draft products between 35 and 8.4%. There's one for non-draft products below 3.5%. So you basically use those lookup tables and you put the figures into the formula. And what you do from that is you work out your cash discount. So you're working out how much you're going to take away, so how much relief you get, how much you're going to take away from that headline rate of duties that we, we talked about at the beginning. Right, And from that, you can work out what your new rate is going to be that you're going to pay. So it's a very personalised based on how much you're producing and how much you produced in the, uh, in the past, how strong your okay. product is, and then what you're intending to produce as well. So how does this work for breweries out there who aren't predominantly relying on a core range of SKUs? So there are loads of breweries that produce one-off beers every time, and that's that's their approach. It's a new beer every time. They don't know from one week to the next what they're going to brew because it's just like some, sometimes it's like what ingredients I've got or, oh, I fancy brewing a red IPA this week, which I encourage any brewer out there to do because they're delicious. <laughs> um, although they don't because they, the, the line is always, oh, they don't sell well. Well, so you've not approached me to sell them to, have you? <laughs> anyway, sorry, sorry, tangent, but um, a, a worthy one. But yeah, so for those breweries, like how, how does that forecasting work? I mean, it's all based on your total production from the previous year. So right. you need to go through each of those and, and work out what you're producing. But then working forward, so basically the, the calculation will give you the cash discounts at each of those different levels. So you can work it out. So you can work out what you're going to pay for everything you produce between three and a half and 8.4%. You already know what you're going to pay above eight and a half percent because it's a full GTU wax. You're getting cash discount. And then you're going to pay a different rate if you put it into small pack or put it into large pack. So that calculation, you know, you can just do, and then you can just apply that to everything you're going to produce 
over the next year. So that's, you know, not necessarily too difficult to do. Right. Just because I'm struggling to get my head around all this, and okay. at least I hope I, I'm not the only one, I'm just going to bring up the form. Is um, that the EX46? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> right. Well, like I said, they're, they're, gonna, they're updating the EX46. Right. There's going to be a new form. So. Okay, so on the X46, you go through like your bulk hexaliterage, you know, that's being kept in duty-free area, then the export stuff, et cetera, et cetera. Then you hit the page where you've got how many hectoliters you've made, yeah. what the hectolitre percentage of all that is, and then it, yeah. it pumps out a calculation. Yeah. And then obviously you've got all you have had until now, the higher beer rate. And you select whether you apply for small brewers or leave so on. Gives you, you know, your calculation at the end of it. You pay it and, you know, make a significant dent in your cash flow for another month. Yeah. What I'm struggling to get my head around with the cash basis and the personalization is how that works month to month when you're submitting your duty. Are you saying that based upon the beer that you've produced the year before or the beers you have produced the year before, you get a personalized amount? of discount based upon the ABV, ABVs or average ABVs of, of those beers and how much you made and what package they went into? Or have I completely yes. got the wrong end of the stick? No, 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 no. So at the moment, the system is based on what you produced the previous year. Yep. So at the moment, you, you work out how much you've done. So you, know, you might have really done 2,000 hectoliters, okay? And if you're below 5,000 hectoliters, you pay 50%. So you, you can work out what your discount is, right? Now, in the same way, you're going to work out what your discount is going to be from that headline rate of GT. And that's going to be based on what you produced in the previous year, which is now a slightly different calendar year, but it's still 12 months. And it's going to be based on how strong it is and it's all in hectares per alcohol. So you're just doing a different calculation to work out what your discount is going to be for each of the different levels. So if you're going to produce uh, Nick's IPA at 6% next week or on the 1st of August, you will work out what you did last year in hectoliters of pure alcohol. You put it into this calculation and you go to the lookup table for, for beer that's between three and a half and eight and a half percent. And it's going to draft beer. We're going to put it into casks uh, and kegs uh, greater than 20 litres. We look at the one for draft beer and we put the values into this calculation, including what you produced in the previous year. And that gives you your cash discount. And then you take that away from the headline rate of duty. So the headline right. rate of duty is 19.08 for draft beer. It's the same as what the headline rate duty is at the moment. And you take away your cash amount, your cash discount, to get the rate that you're going to pay. So it is complicated. Um, right, yeah. You get a cash discount rather than just a percentage discount based upon how much you produced. So you're rather getting just a flat 50% and we've produced, you know, this month, I don't know, oh, I'm terrible at math, so I'm not going to do the calculation. Well, let's now. take an example. So, uh, you know, let's, let's assume you're a 5,000 hectolitre brewery. Yep. So at the moment, you know, it's 50%. They're doing beer at 4.5% average, weighted average. So they're doing 225 hectolitres of pure alcohol. So that's how much they made that previous year in hectolitres pure alcohol. And what they've done is they, they want to make some draft beer so I want to make some draft beer between three and a half and eight and a half percent. Let's say, you know, uh, doing a six percent beer. And so there's this new calculation, new formula uh, that you can put in. Uh, it's kind of C plus M times A minus S all over A is the, the calculation. And you go to that lookup table, you get those values and you put them in the calculator. And, you know, I just done the calculation here and 
that that calculation shows £9.23. So that is the cash discount they get. So you go to the headline register in 1908, you take away that £9.23, you get a rate of £9.85. So that's what they're going to pay on their 6% bit. And that's going to pay on everything the next year they're going to produce in draft beer between 35 and 8.5%. Right. So is there anything in terms of any relief or anything we haven't covered yet? There is. There is there's two other things we should cover quickly. So one of them is the change to the farm gate exemption. So the farm gate exemption, for those that don't know, applies to, to cider makers at the moment, producing less than 70 hectolitres of cider. And it means that they don't have to pay any duty at all. In fact, they don't have to register with HMRC or bother with AWRS, etc. Now that's that's going to change in the new system. There is um there is a delay. So cider guys don't have to do anything for about five months or so because of the new digital process coming through. But under the new system, they will have to register. But that farm gate exemption is now at five hectolitres of pure alcohol. And it also applies to beer and other products. So that means that for breweries starting out or um opening up a you know kind of a, a brew pub or something, it might be below that five hectolitres of pure alcohol is equivalent for beer at 4.5%, about 19,000 points. Right. So effectively with Emmanuel's, which is one US barrel, I won't have to pay any... If you're a cider manufacturer, you don't pay any duty at all. But if you're a brewery, you don't pay any duty below 3.5%, 3.5%. And then you pay only 10% of the duty between 35 and 8.5%. Right. And obviously you pay all of that whack above eight and a half percent so you, you know there's a significant difference there for, for those so good news for like startups or people that maybe do it on the side or yeah exactly right i think we may see some more brew pubs out of that as well right you know that's an interesting development to what impact that has and the other one is that the third type of relief very quickly and that's the new mergers and acquisition relief at the moment if you merge or acquire another brewery you immediately start paying the full duty whack based on your total production across both breweries. Mm-hmm. You see, this has been a barrier to those that want to do that. And so what they've introduced is three-year transitional period for breweries that merge. And that means that in the first year, you get relief based on the total production of the largest one. And then over three years, that kind of breaks down. And then it's the combined eventually after that three-year period. So that's kind of helping people that want to merge and acquire other breweries right that's the third one uh, relief as well so who would you say benefits the most out of all of this cider guys i think cider guys do really well out of this i think they they keep the farm gate exemption they're paying a significantly lower rate of duty than beer they gain the draft duty relief i think they're going to do extremely well out of this and i think we might see some uh, some growth in the cider uh, market as a result right and who would you say doesn't benefit the most out of this i think we probably alluded to it's early with wine, but wine guys, wine guys, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And from your perspective, then for microbrewers, particularly independent microbrewers, do they benefit or not? <laughs> I know it's not as black and white as that, but if it was more of a scale on the hundred percent is yeah, they totally benefit, and zero percent is yeah, they don't benefit at all. Where would they sit? Do you think on that scale, by and large? <laughs> because it's now such a personalized individual process you know relief is based on your particular circumstances it affects people in so many different ways right certainly i think those that are doing lower volume beer especially traditional cask brewers probably going to benefit from it i mean i think over time that draft duty relief it, it could be a game changer so that helps majority of small breweries where 80 percent of their beer usually gets sold into local pubs so i think that would hopefully you know help especially in the future 
I think those are guys that are doing group hubs and can just do less than 19,000 points could be a significant beneficiary as well. So, you know, it really depends where you are, what you're, what you're producing, you know, very difficult to to say exactly what the impact's going to be. Yeah. I guess the best way of putting it, <laughs> seen as you so kindly reminded me of my own kitchen experience earlier, is that it is like a bespoke kitchen. Everyone's house is different. Right. Everyone's kitchen layouts are different. They want different things in, and have different appliances in them. And pretty much it's tailor-made to how your kitchen is set up. And whether you benefit on having a new kitchen depends on whether you've got all the mod cons and whether you, your kitchen is easy to deal with or you live in a pokey terrace house and it's a bit of a nightmare to squeeze anything into exactly right exactly right but we know this will have long-term impacts on um on the future of the, the sector yeah like a kitchen you know help determine whether you can sell your house in the future yeah well we'll have to wait and see how that pans out um just before you go then barry because obviously we've talked about a lot of complicated things and i think it's much easier to digest when you've got numbers and figures in front of you to fully take it in and I know that's the first thing I'll be doing after having chat with you to understand it more. But where can you point people in terms of resources to help them digest this information and play around and, and trial it, I suppose? Absolutely. So you know, if you're a CMA member, you know, we've got a great guy that's been available for, for some time on our, our toolbox and with a calculator. But HMRC have recently published all their guidance and their guides, and as well as a calculator as well. It's all available online. Do spend some time. They've got some webinars as well. But I'm always happy to talk to, to any brewery members or not about it because I know how complicated it is. So, you know, people can give me an email and I'm very happy to chat through it in more detail. Great. Well, Thanks for being on the show again, Barry. What is your email address for people that want to contact you? Yeah, it's uh, barry.watts at seba.co.uk. Fantastic, thank you. Well, it's that time again at the bar for another week of the Hot 4 podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify and all other good platforms. Be sure to visit hotforward.beer to find out how we can help you get ahead in the brewing and beer business. Remember to follow us on social media at Hot Forward Beers and for another week. Cheers. <laughs>